Welcome back to Lost Us Channel. My name is Anton Vjeltsin. I'm an attorney in the Southern District of California here in San Diego. You are now watching the third part of my multi-part series dealing with GPS tracking initiated at the border and continuous surveillance within the United States. In the first part, I gave you sort of an overview of where we're headed. In the second part, we talked about different technologies that the Border Patrol and Customs are using. And now in this third part, we're going to focus on the border search doctrine itself and the extended border searches. We will define both of these doctrines and talk about what's needed when law enforcement are trying to use this exception to search you without a warrant. Quick message from Law Stash. Are you charged with a crime? Or do you want to know your rights if stopped by police? Watch California attorney Anton Vjeltsin discuss legal cases from the Supreme Court, Ninth Circuit, and California State Courts on the Law Stash YouTube page. Anton has handled hundreds of federal and state criminal cases, has an in-depth knowledge of the law, and has the best mustache ever. Subscribe to the Law Stash YouTube page. That's L-A-W-S-T-A-C-H-E. It is important for me to start this video by giving you some definitions. Border search doctrine is one of the long-standing exceptions under the Fourth Amendment. Most searches at the border do not require a warrant or even probable cause. That is because Congress has inherent authority to regulate commerce and maintain its sovereignty. Now, when we're talking about searches at the border, we can divide them into routine and non-routine searches. When I discuss routine searches, I mean when you cross the border, the agent might ask you to take off your jacket or send your items to the x-ray. And then when we're talking about non-routine searches, for example, when the agent conducts a body cavity search. Now, the reason why that distinction exists, that is because courts have said that non-routine searches at the border still require reasonable suspicion. But that distinction does not matter when we're dealing with vehicles. We know that from the United States versus Flores Montano, which is a case where the agents disassembled, took down a tank from the vehicle to search inside the gas tank for drugs. I have previously discussed that case on my channel and I encourage you to go back and look at the full description, watch that video, because it will be important for us in the next several parts of this series. Note that courts also expanded the border search doctrine to include areas outside of the border, calling it the extended border search. Now, people all have recognized that travelers did not give implied consent to be searched close to the border if they didn't even cross the border. For example, I live here in the United States in San Diego, which is a border district. It is within a few miles of the international border. The federal code speaks about 100 miles from the exterior border when it talks about the extended border search. In fact, two-thirds of the United States population lives in this region. For that reason, courts have said that officers do need to have reasonable suspicion in order to search the vehicle or the individuals traveling in the proximity of the border 
and they have to have reasonable certainty that the vehicle contains contraband that crossed the border or the vehicle itself has recently crossed the border. So when we're talking about extended border search, you now realize it is important to think about reasonable suspicion and time frame and distance from the border. And for those reasons, in the Ninth Circuit case of Alfonso, the court said that there was reasonable suspicion to search a ship for the second time within a day and a half of its arrival into the port. While in the case of Rangel, the Ninth Circuit said that officers did not have reasonable suspicion to search a vehicle 500 yards within the United States. Now let's focus on cases that are more important for our series because they will be relevant to our question whether officers can install a GPS device at the border and then continue the surveillance of the vehicle within the United States. The Ninth Circuit upheld extended border searches in the following scenarios. I will give you two cases. In Castillo Garcia, which is a Ninth Circuit case from 1970, the court concluded that while the search of the vehicle occurred seven hours and 105 miles from the border, long distance, the fact that there was constant surveillance after the border crossing until the search, and there has been a change of drivers, the possibility that the 165 pounds of marijuana being placed after the crossing was obviated and the search was thus lawful. Now, in the case of Rodriguez Gonzalez, which is another Ninth Circuit case from 1967, the court affirmed the lower court's decision that a valid border search occurred even though it was 15 hours and 20 miles from the border because while there was a change in drivers after crossing the border, the information provided by the informant gave the custom officials reasonable suspicion that the defendants may have been carrying marijuana. And now let's look at this third case. This is important because it deals with searches that may be initiated at the border, but then the surveillance is really done outside of the border. I'm talking about United States versus Cotterman, a case from Ninth Circuit, which held that property such as a laptop and other electronic storage devices presented for inspection when entering the United States at the border may not be searched for forensic examination without a reasonable suspicion. This is the case where the computer was taken at the border, but the search occurred miles away in a forensic lab because Cotterman's computer never cleared customs and entry was never affected, the extended border search doctrine did not apply. Cotterman is a great case that introduces the notion that officers can search the items later away from the border because in the case, the officers took the computer at the border, but the surveillance or the search itself occurred in the lab miles away from the border. That is precisely the question we're trying to answer in this series. Can the officers install a GPS device on a vehicle at the border and then continue the surveillance within the United States? To answer that question, we're going to discuss the only case that I know of 
from the central district in the part that will follow this one. The case was very similar to one of my own. I hope you will join me next time when I discuss the central district case. And for now, thanks for watching. If you enjoyed this video, please give it a thumbs up. If you're watching this on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. So next time I post, you'll be first to know. And if you're listening to the podcast version of this recording on Audible or Spotify, please give my podcast a five-star rating. And finally, if you'd like to support my channel, please consider going to lostash.com and purchasing some of my merchandise, including these Do Not Arrest This Person t-shirts. Thanks for watching. Thank you.